0: A Highline Podcast. No normal people.
1: Hello, my friends, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning,
0: and I am also your host, and my name is Dixie Lee Henning. Burr, burr. Burr, 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 burr. Welcome back to the show. Yes. If I had a dollar for every person that listens to the show, I would have six dollars.
1: That's not true. Our download numbers say uh, tell a completely different story.
0: Okay, twenty-seven dollars.
1: No, actually. <laughs> This is fun to talk about. Like, (laughs) sincerely, thank you for everyone who has listened to the show since our first stupid episode in January of 2020. This is episode 67 that we're releasing today. So close. Two more to go.
0: Close. (laughs) We're almost there. Two more Uh. to go.
1: Episode 67. And (laughs) at this point, because I was just, because I like looking at the numbers and stuff, we have passed. 8,000 total downloads. You what? Yeah.
0: So oh, my feels, God.
1: It's very gratifying. It's
0: so weird that my mom has listened to all of That's these a lot episodes 8,000 times. That your
1: mom has listened <laughs> to this podcast. Hi, Mom. Mom. Thanks for your support. Get a, Get a life. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Because, after all, this is a show where we prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are no normal people in your life. Sure. It's been so long since I said it that I forgot to say it. Words are hard. Just in general. I forgot that it should be something that's said. Words. But we're back.
0: Out of your meat mouth.
1: We're back, baby. And we have a doozy for the final episode of 2021 before we go into holiday seasons, Mm -hmm. Christmas, New Mm -hmm. Year's, and also a planned, we're going to call it, This it's a plan we're making instead of just accidentally not delivering on what we said we would.
0: Oopsie doopsie.
1: We are taking no normal people into a completely new phase of the podcast. Sure. And we're gonna start treating it as seasons. Yeah. So this is officially the end of season I just I'm gonna call it I'm gonna call it season one. Season one is over today.
0: Episode two of season two is gonna be so good.
1: Yeah, because it's basically episode sixty nine. Yeah. 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 Sex number. Funny. <laughs> so we are moving into a seasonal schedule. Yes. And what that's going to mean for us, because it takes a lot to schedule new people to be on the show.
0: Yeah. We don't know very many people, so it's like hard to...
1: Have conversations with them, <laughs> edit them, and all that. I've it met takes like work, 12 people. And you and I are trying to prioritize things are that are sustainable Yeah. and fun yeah. next year. And... This show is both of those things, especially <laughs> when it's seasonal. So sure. expect to not hear from us for, January, February, March of yep. 2022.
0: Unless we're interviewing you. And then obviously you'll hear from us.
1: Thank you for the clarification, yeah. my love. This you're is welcome. great. Um, and then we will be back the first week of April for a 12 episode season that will release weekly. Yes. And then if you're paying attention, <laughs> We will take another three months off after what? April, May, June. We will take July, August, September off, and then we will do a winter season that is September, <gasps> October, winter. November, or however that works. I How, don't even know what the calendar are. looks like, but either way, we're gonna start doing things seasonally, and that so where we can build in production breaks and just like rest breaks, yeah, for us
0: because it's really hard to like get people scheduled to be on the show and then record them and then edit them and then release them takes a ton of energy it's not it's not just me and steven
1: oh but also though (laughs) we should talk about this is like we have like lives and stuff yeah and uh we're normal people sure doing podcasts about normal people
0: that's that is true on
1: a network (gasps) that i founded with alex that is alex
0: falcon growth
1: that is about normal people what? podcasting what? um, and kind of the kind of the thing that I'm especially reminding everyone on the network right now is that like, hey, we're normal people with normal lives. Most of us with like none of it. Podcasting is not our job. Nope. It's a hobby. It's something we put energy into because we want to. Yep. And sometimes life gets in the way and we don't like release reliably and stuff and <laughs> And for us, on No Normal People, <laughs> what that means is that we want to do that intentionally and yeah. just not release for three months, come back for three months. Exactly. Not release for three, come back for three. So be on the lookout for that, friends. Um, I have a note here that we should talk about the Highline Coffee, formerly known as the No Normal yeah, People Coffee Blend. Remember
0: that one? Once upon a time, there was a, there was a podcast called No Normal People. Um, and it's still a podcast.
1: Just started a podcast. Um,
0: and they were like, well, you know what would be really cool? If we had favorite. some coffee. Shut up. I'm telling a story. Oh. Um, <laughs> i We had some coffee. Um, and like, that was really cool and fun. Yeah. But then we decided that that wasn't as much fun as all six Sharing of the, the shows on the Highland Network. Yeah. Also getting coffee. And we didn't want to make coffee for each individual one. Yeah. So we made one um, omega or one alpha coffee. That is the exact same blend as No Normal People Coffee, but now it's called Highland Coffee.
1: <laughs> I would venture to say that um, it's the alpha blend. <laughs> because it is kind of an all encompassing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It covers all of us, mm-hmm. you know, with the Highline brand, as it were. And you sure. can support your favorite show by buying a bag yep. of, might I add, award winning yeah. coffee.
0: Gary does some good stuff from a guys. local
1: Billings, Montana roaster. That's helping small businesses in Montana Freaking like boss. us and Revel Coffee. Um, It's award winning. So, you know, it's delicious. Yep. Caveat, as long as you prepare it well. Yeah. Which I you know how to make it. I can't promise. Good. What I will do. I mean,
0: it's good. OK, to be clear, I've had just regular Revel drip coffee. Yeah. It's excellent no matter how you make it.
1: Right. But you can um, mess it up. But there, I
0: mean, there are some ding ding bats. Yeah. Who, what I can promise you
1: is that when you buy a bag of Highline coffee from highline.network slash shop, you get a fresh roasted bag of coffee, yep. hand crafted, hand blended, caressed, even, <laughs> I might say, don't by worry. our friend Gary. And uh, <laughs> so you're supporting small businesses. I will promise you that that we arrives can... at your door. Just mere days after it was after in the roasting. roaster. It is fresh roasted yeah. coffee. From then, from there. It's all you. I can tell you it is fantastic coffee, but it is really <laughs> up to you, you. When
0: you get it, how you that's prepare on you. It. If it tastes like garbage, that's a you problem. This is
1: a you problem.
0: <laughs> that's yeah. not a coffee because problem. Because we know
1: we didn't mess up <laughs> clean and your Gary co- didn't mess up. Clean so. your coffee
0: pot. Like That's that's what the issue is. That's if right. it tastes like garbage. That's, that's right. a you thing. Yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> It is okay. a delightful, eclectic blend yep. um, from Revel. It's delicious. You can get a 12 ounce bag or a two pound bag. Yeah. Which, for those of you following along at home, if you're expecting the bigger bag to be just double the price of the smaller bag, it's not true because not a pound is, is 16 ounces, not yeah, 12 yeah.
0: ounces. So, science.
1: Don't at me on Twitter because I know <laughs> how pricing works. All two
0: of them. And look, at you at, we got to factor
1: Twitter. in profit margins. Sure. So, hey.
0: The only people that care about that are you and Gary. Okay, so. that's fair. <laughs> <sighs> this is very fair,
1: but this is what small business is about. Sure. So it's a perspective. Welcome to the. I was gonna say terror dome. No. That's a thing that you say. Yeah, it's, it's not my terror thing. dome this Get time.
0: Get out. Get out. You're not invited.
1: All right. Speaking of the activities of Highline, I guess we should talk about our brand new show.
0: Brand. Welcome new. to the family.
1: Keller's couch. Keller's
0: couch.
1: Yep. Uh Keller and I got introduced just a number of months ago. Mm-hmm. I invited him on No Normal People. I did that interview alone because you had a migraine <laughs> yeah. that day. That was very bad. Um which we could talk about maybe in the future. We sure. can talk about
0: how I am always
1: developments.
0: My developments. That sounds good. That,
1: sounds that
0: implies a lot of things.
1: Yeah, it does. <laughs> Tune in later. Anyway,
0: I'm not pregnant.
1: Keller's Couch is on the network. He does a delightful interview show, yeah. uh, also based out of Billings, Montana. He is a spectacular musician, great interviewer. Yeah. I love sitting on the couch I know. with him. So. Oh, my
0: God. It was so awkward. Like, is this what a good interviewer yeah. is like? Yeah. That's how I felt.
1: Well, you haven't been interviewed by me either. <laughs> so.
0: That's the first time I've been on a show yeah. that wasn't my own show.
1: You were on Ravel with me
0: oh well, okay, I mean like kind of counts. I mean like not hosting.
1: Oh, okay. Because I I was fair. You were yeah. like I was a guest, no, I but it. I wasn't
0: being interviewed.
1: I get it. I get it. Anyway. I was um, there. <laughs> Keller debuted his season two on the Highline Network with an interview with yours yours is truly. Ours truly. Ours truly. You and me.
0: We truly. He
1: interviewed both of us at Sincerely the same time us. on the couch. And we had a ton of jokes. Like you yeah. and I if you want a good Goofs and japes. If you want a good snapshot of what just Dixie and I are like when the mics aren't on. Just in our real life meat Honestly, just hanging out with Keller and Ryan and making the jokes we were making. Like, that's pretty.
0: (laughs) Guys, I live in the joke space 90% of the time. That's
1: pretty spot on just yeah. so
0: many jokes. Keller
1: honestly is inspiring me to maybe be brave enough to try improv here in Billings and stand up. So that's I have terrifying. also been
0: thinking that too.
1: Babe,
0: let's do let's do a duo stand up.
1: We got to work up our tight five.
0: What does that mean?
1: 5 minutes of stand up oh, material.
0: Five 5 minutes of goofs?
1: Yeah. I could 5 do minutes that. of stand up material that do the work, that I make could do people that. laugh and stuff. Anyway, easy sneezy. Keller's Couch is out on Highline still, Network. You may listen to our interview together. Um, he has many, many yeah. interviews before us that you should definitely go back in the backlog excellent. and listen to. A lot of great, creative types, artists, uh, great culture music. makers here in Billings, yeah. musicians.
0: Great music on there.
1: Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Great, uh, improv bits.
1: Yes, on there. So at the time of this recording, he has released one. Think fast is what he calls them. Sure. Uh, episode which is him and his buddies at slapstick improv in his podcast studio and it's just an episode full of improv comedy what a nerd um you will hear a teaser for that (laughs) later in today's episode so yeah keep your ears tuned
0: keep your ears open okay
1: i think it's about time we talk about
0: the dude today's guest the guy the one i can't even how
1: do (laughs) how do i I don't understand how his voice is so it's low. It's beautiful. You'll hear it. It's majestic. Ugh, it's so good.
0: It's like melted butter.
1: Yeah. Um. He kind of sounds like Bane, but if Bane wasn't evil.
0: Yeah. If Bane wasn't a. <laughs> d- <laughs>
1: I have to beep that. I know. Come on, but it's funny. That's funny. That yes, that's funny. So Kevin Gallagher,
0: Kevin, is on the
1: show today for episode sixty-seven. Kevin, my dude, is the childhood best friend of Mister Alex Grove. of
0: Stephen's childhood best the friend.
1: Aforementioned mentioned. <laughs> actually, he, that's the aforementioned, actually, he's the childhood really way to say best it.
0: friend of Stephen's childhood best friend.
1: Yep, <laughs> we knew each other uh, when I lived in Brighton, but that's I honestly cute. have like probably two memories of Kevin Yeah. Uh, before we started talking in the last couple of years. So it was a real delight to get to know him and kind of like just hear about how he interfaces with Alex. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Alex is dope. kind of a mythological figure on the show at hey, this point. Hey, I talk Steven? about him a lot, but we're talking about hey, Kevin. We're
0: talking about Kevin. We're
1: here for Kevin. Shut up. Um,
0: Shut up about Alex. Nobody cares. Kevin. I care. I'm just kidding.
1: Is, Kevin's great. Kevin is a co-host of another Highline show called the Kevin, Into Podcast. Kevin
0: is the last of the hosts that we've needed to interview.
1: That's not true. We have not interviewed Marvin Tracy from Into. Son of a. Yeah, we'll get it. Just kidding. It's fine. Two more. I don't have to beep that because you self-censor. I
0: know. I well played. am doing so much better now. Um, no, Kevin is fantastic. He is a super cool DJ.
1: You and met him.
0: I met him in my real life meat body. In Denver. And it was awesome. It was a great time. It was a great time.
1: He has a fantastic DJ. Yep. We talk about that quite a bit. Yeah, we do. And it's very fun.
0: He knows a lot about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. He's very fun.
1: We talk about mythology. Yeah, I really we do. liked that part of the conversation. Oh, yeah, talk about Icarus about that. and
0: Icarus. Yeah, and now having seen Eternals, that it it, like slaps so much better. Oh,
1: I wonder what he thinks. Mm. We recorded this way before Eternals. Yeah. Speaking (laughs) of, we recorded this way before. Um, we recorded this the same week that he visited us on the Whiskey Bench podcast, Mm -hmm. and we recorded it the same week, um, when we recorded on Ravel Mm -hmm. with him when he was a guest. So this was back
0: in like July.
1: Yeah, this was a while ago. (laughs) (laughs) we <laughs> <laughs>
0: where have we no, been?
1: I forget honestly, and this is why we're going seasonal.
0: Yeah, this is this is why we have made the decisions that we've made
1: Or this show. Yeah. Whoops. So I had talked to him quite a bit that week and uh, got to know him. After we got off the KNP recording here, he and I hung out for like another three hours talking about D and D and a bunch of gross books and philosophy and a bunch of really cool stuff like that. So
0: I wish I had friends.
1: A spectacular. Well. No one's stopping you. (laughs) A spectacular conversationalist. Mm -hmm. Um, We did record this earlier. However, it still kind of works out in a way where Kevin name drops an episode, which is affectionately called the death episode of Into, that at the time of recording had not been released yet. And now, but I can actually say that because again, we're all normal people and we have stuff come up Mm -hmm. and we have like day jobs and normal lives (laughs) that some of us, the, the death episode has not released yet, but you ought to go subscribe to the into podcast, listen to their backlog while you're at it. Wait for the death episode. They have some fantastic episodes right now, like uh, God committee, poop stories, poop stories
0: is my favorite
1: sheer delight. They're all very good.
0: Poop stories is the best.
1: Just go listen to the N2 podcast and prepare yourself for the death episode because he mentions we a story it, yeah. in this interview and we thought it would just be best to like not make him relive the story again and yeah, we just yeah, yeah, yeah. said, go listen to the death episode. So It'll be out you, soon. If you're looking for the death episode, fret not. I have it on good authority by Kevin and Alex themselves that they are editing and that they are producing and yes. they are getting to the point where that episode will be released. Surprisingly, or not surprisingly, it's a hard episode to like <laughs> wrap your head around as an editor, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that were said, and they kind of want to they want to get it right. So that's where we are.
0: Excuses, excuses. Just I'm just kidding. We say we, after taking yeah, an accidental two month break. Like, it's like whatever. It's between
1: fine. Elise's episode, and then like another three. weeks. <laughs> it's it's three fine.
0: It's anyway. like whatever. <laughs> Alright Anyway, now we're doing seasons Let's get into this episode With Kevin
1: Do you remember and his
0: last name? his last name is No, you don't no, remember sh- Stop. His last name is Gallagher
1: Thank you Got it,
0: nailed it, first try Kevin Gallagher
1: We're going to get started with some rapid fire questions. These are going to be either or just straight from the gut. No need to overthink it. Are you ready, Kevin?
2: I will overthink it, but yes.
1: <laughs> Fair enough, my friend. Um, let's see. Change or consistency? Change. Video games or board games?
2: Oh, Board games. Video games. Final answer.
1: Hogwarts <laughs> or the Shire? The Shire. Phone calls or texts? Texts. Animation or live action? live action homebody or free spirit
2: free spirit
1: spender or saver spender (laughs) (laughs) do you call it soda or pop
2: both contextually
1: oh oh what's the context where pause the timer (laughs) yep right
0: (laughs) timer
2: paused how does the context work
0: location location (laughs) location.
2: it's partially location (laughs) uh and then the other half is uh i guess just like sentence structure and mouthfeel
0: yeah Pop feels weird to me. Sentence
1: structure. Pop so, so
2: like feels For example, childish. Well, today. I would be like, uh, do you want a pop or do you want a mixer with your whiskey? Like we have soda. Yeah. is like that. That sentence just flows better. OK, back to the rapid
1: fire questions. Timer <laughs> restart crap. now. Task oriented or people oriented? Oh, crap. Task books or movies? Mm, books. Introvert or Extrovert. Yes. Fair enough. All right. Well, that's the end of the the rapid fire there. Now we're going to do some like icebreaker questions. These are not either or way more open ended. Let us start with uh, do you have a collection of something?
2: Ooh, uh yes. And it's not like an officially one like I don't have it cataloged or anything, but we actually talked about this on the most recent into episode uh, backpacks. I have an obsession with <gasps> purchasing backpacks.
0: Like a specific brand or just any backpack?
2: Nope. I just, love just those freaking love backpacks and any time I see them on sale. Yeah. Jan Sports. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a pull. I got Jan Sport, I got Oakley, I Osprey, got Fire and you know, Ash. I got. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Got to get the classics.
2: This is great. I love like, this. Like I would never have said that I have a collection of backpacks, but I do have like 17 of them, so My favorite Yeah, you have is a collection of brand
0: Jansport that you get at Walmart.
2: Oh,
1: God. I love this. This is amazing. All right. What was your first job?
2: Uh, Domino's as a certified pizza expert. Is that what they call them now? Then they you earn that (laughs) title by being able to make a large pepperoni pizza from dough ball to oven with 40 plus or minus two pepperoni in under 30 seconds. So, I mean, wow, I'm not trying to say I'm kind of a big deal, but what is your favorite smell? Um, This this is actually a very sad question for me uh, oh, because no. I post covid that I've had twice now. I just can't smell very good anymore.
1: Heartbreaking. Uh,
2: but I would say like generally I love like ocean, like the color colognes that are blue mm-hmm. have certain qualities to them like mm. Dolce & Gabbana's Light Blue or like Nautica Voyage because like you're like oh they're oceany scent and you're like have you ever actually smelled the <laughs> have ocean? Have you
0: ever even it's seen kinda, the ocean? Yeah right.
2: So <laughs> you're, you're like this one smells like blue. <laughs> I, I love blue smell. It smells
0: like the color. Yeah. It does not smell like the ocean. Blue smell no matter how great. hard they try.
2: Right, it actually smells not kinda, great most of the time. Kind of like
0: garbage a little <laughs> bit. Just like, like salty I, garbage.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Which to be fair is Actually, probably what most of the ocean smell is yeah, because it's salt and garbage.
0: Thanks, humans.
1: This is fair. Nice job. Kevin, who would you say is the smartest person you know?
2: Ooh, I'd go with Alex.
1: Mr. Falcon Grove himself.
2: Mr. Falcon Grove. What a delight of a man.
0: The myth. I love that. We're, the legend. You're all
2: lucky for knowing him.
1: This is very true. What are foods you will never eat?
2: Uh, I don't really have any of them assuming like we're talking about edible food yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's, like, that's i'm that's not gonna eat a cinder block ha
0: <laughs> i mean i hope not
2: yeah not a picky eater then at but all but i
0: mean if you're into it like
2: i was a super picky eater when i was a kid like i would order hamburgers with ketchup only and you know what is the worst fashion trend
1: you've ever participated in man
2: it, it wasn't even, it, it wasn't even like it was trendy. It was just me not knowing how to groom myself,
0: mm. but
2: I had pretty long hair in high school, almost shoulder length at some times. And I um, shampooed down. it every single day. Mm. Every day I shampooed it, and I was like, why is my hair so bad? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, like, super dry. And this shampoo and conditioner says it's moisturizing. Therefore, are if I two use one? more of it... Three you, in one. No, you, no, I, like, I was... It wasn't great stuff, but, I mean, I would buy, like, the herbal essences, like, oh, you know... God.
0: That's better than the know, three in one and that condition. Steven used until, like, last year.
2: <laughs> if you don't, like, if you don't have length and volume to, like necessitate using the fancy stuff i don't think it really matters thank you but like i i I definitely did and just did not understand the concept that like people with nice hair really don't wash it that Mm. often
1: (laughs) what is your biggest
2: pet peeve Mm, people like out of not ignorance oh man what's the uh word like carelessness i guess causing grief or like inconvenience for other people i think oh so like at at the bigger end like doing dumb things in traffic because of inattentiveness like i'm like that pisses me off um but like me as like someone who like rides a motorcycle somewhat frequently i'm like i die when you do that like i just die Uh. Yeah, no. And that like and I'm like, it doesn't cost you very much. And unfortunately, it's rare. So I'm like, God, thank you. But Stephen knows well at this point that to get any sort of communication across, I just throw anecdotes at you. Sure. But it's like often I hear something like oh, man, you've been like the nicest customer I've had in all day. And, and I'm like, this is mind blowing. That is a because I a literally it's like, I'm sorry, all day. It's I noon. was not even <laughs> like, wow. you know, I walked wow. in, said, hi, like, yep, just this today. Thanks. Have a good day.
0: I didn't even, tip. you
2: know, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like I like I have developed really good relationships with like all the people who work at the 7-Eleven across the street from me. Right. And they're just like, oh, like that comedy is so nice. And I'm like, bro, I'm doing literally the bare that's minimum. Just baseline. Like,
0: I'm just using common sense and courtesy. It makes me feel bad about
1: humanity. Right. <laughs> like, Man. Oh. Who would you call your best friend? Uh, oh, boy, this is hard. This is a tough one. Give me multiples if you don't want to rank really, or don't want to choose.
2: Oh, no, I want you that, to rank them. Name drop. No, No, I'm being uh, ironic because it's Alex and... Obviously,
1: we don't even have to. Yeah, uh, right.
2: Yeah. Just Whenever, of course.
0: Whenever people are like, oh, I don't know. I have so many. I'm like, no, rank up. I know there's. A, yeah, I know there's a number one. Tell me, the, me who it oh, is.
2: Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I I will tell them to their face where they stand in the ranking.
0: <laughs> this is why I loved MySpace.
2: Nice. Uh,
0: Who's your number one friend? Wow. Who is it? Tom. I was dating yeah. someone and I wasn't their number one friend and I was really upset yeah. about it.
2: That's a game over. right?
0: Yeah. Now. I was like dump. Dumping you. That wasn't me for the record. No, it wasn't you.
1: No, I never had a MySpace. Oops. Um, You barely had a Facebook. All right, Kevin. (laughs) this This one always feels backwards to me because the question is, do you have a favorite failure? And usually I frame that as like something that has either taught you a lesson or set you up for like future success.
2: Anything that comes to mind there. Why does it feel backwards?
1: I don't know. Favorite failure just feels like I don't know. Steven's oh, a very self-conscious. That, are you, are you person? trying to treasure something?
2: Oh no, that negative. feels great to me. Okay, I feel I fail all the time. <laughs> oh my god, it's like, I'm today? so good at it. Then a today? favorite
0: failed today.
2: Probably going to Colorado State University or going to college in general. Because mm. it was like a twenty-four thousand dollar failure. Yeah,
0: <laughs> ah, those ones are my favorite. I did not make it
2: past freshman year, uh, but I gained like that was a nexus for everywhere that I am in my life now you know that was not to say like I would be much different or blah 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 like you know butterfly effect but love that movie the the results of me going to Fort Collins for college for one year were massive
1: wow well I can't wait to hear that story then um let me give you the last of the icebreakers here when you were little what did you tell people you wanted to be when you grew up
2: Hmm. Bane. Bane. Bye, <laughs> Rises. Uh, Very good. Dude, I honestly have no idea. I can't remember having like big career aspirations. Mm. Somebody might know, but that it's not uh, fresh in my brain at least. You were just living life, man. I just had
0: no dreams.
2: Yeah. Painting yeah. with the colors of the wind. <laughs> No, probably like a rock star. <laughs> like if I had to guess. Sure.
1: Okay.
0: I mean, yeah. halfway there.
2: My
1: friend Kevin Gallagher. Thanks for being on No Normal People with us. I've been looking forward to this for a while. You and I, like I told you on our like pre-taping conversation, I have like the most fleetingest of one or two memories of you growing up because uh, you know you, me, and Alex very often played together, mm-hmm. but for some reason my memory is just mapped and written. Based on Alex, this
0: is Steven's sure. way of saying that Alex is number one on his list.
1: See, that absolutely makes See? sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he should. He should be. <laughs> he gets it. See, but I'm like, I'm like the prodigal friend who, like, Alex and I didn't talk for 20 years, and then last year just started talking again. You know, mm-hmm.
2: swooping in on Kevin's action,
1: Swoop into his DMs. Get in here. The dude, more the not,
2: not even Katie can threaten me. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, you'd be jealous of me. That's that is. This is very fair. No. You're oh, yeah. The third if, wheel. if he liked Katie so much, then why wasn't she his best man for his wedding? Hmm? Mm. Mm. Ever thought of that?
0: Ever think yeah. of that?
2: Right. Checkmate atheist. Oh,
1: so good. So that's that's my way of saying you you and I definitely knew each other or at least knew yes. of each other when we were like four or five. Yeah. Um, but it's since horrible. then. We've only just recently reconnected and I've been having a blast, but so like I want to basically fill in the gaps from when I stopped knowing you. So let's start where we start every no normal people with. Will you tell me about what your childhood was like, where you grew up and what your family was like growing up with as little or as much detail as you prefer?
2: Roger that. So as you say that we all grew up in Brighton, my Family was ultra poor growing up. And I didn't really notice or really understand until I was older. And it was like, what do you mean you didn't sometimes take showers at the rec center because your water was (laughs) off like this?
0: everybody doesn't do that? (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, yes. So, born and raised in Brighton. I have known Alex for as long as I have had memories. We grew up in the same church, which I believe is also... How we met. I, did your family also attend Harvest? Uh, that rings a bell. Yes. So our moms were friends. So we just kind of got put in the playpen together, and then now we're old men. Now, we're, yeah, <laughs> old, men. old men in our twenties and stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: oh my god, um, yeah, So old. Do you have
2: any siblings? I have two older brothers. Uh, they are seven and nine years older than me.
0: Wow. Um, nice.
2: Right. I was a uh, well, some would say surprise. a gift and uh, some would say an accident. Just uh, like my, Literally just surprise. like my little
0: sister. I'm seven years older than my little sister and my yeah. older sister is nine years older than her.
2: Wow. Look
1: at yep. that. The parallels. Yep. Did you have kind of an effect because you were so much younger than them? You, a, yes. A little bit of like only child feeling? Yes. Okay.
2: And is probably like a... Large factor in me being the black sheep that I am. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think already, uh, I so I'm in Enneagram 4. We so know. Like I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It it's was like queer. I already had a, uh, I already had a natural disposition to being dramatic and,
1: and feeling like the, uh, the isolated artist, yeah. right? Mm. The loner. Yeah. So, of course, feeling a bit like, a, uh, th- the black sheep or the, the only child even though you have siblings like Alex very much just formed into essentially a brother for you
2: absolutely that's mm-hmm. amazing um, because you know while I loved my brothers and I thought they were the coolest people that I knew um growing up like they were in high school when I was you know in second third grade mm-hmm. so it's like it's not like we could have the you know like brotherly bond of mm-hmm. uh. you know going through stuff together it's like They're driving, and I like still sometimes pee my pants a little bit. Sure, right, (laughs) right. Uh, So it was
0: like when you were a child, not like current, right?
2: Well, uh, on the Poop Stories episode, I do talk about how I pee my pants (laughs) still
1: a little bit. A classic (laughs) episode, by the way. So happy with that one.
2: That's truly our magnum. oh, 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 poo. Oh,
1: poo. Yeah, that's very clever. Oh my Um, gosh. I also learned on your episode of Ravel with us that you were also homeschooled like I was until ninth grade. Oh my
0: God. Another one. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it
2: explains a lot. (laughs) Um, So, my family um, was very traditional, non denominational Christian. My mom was super into, like, you know, the rapture and the apocalypse stuff happening pretty soon. Oh, left behind style. Very left behind style. Right on. Disaster Uh,
0: preparedness group.
2: Nope. 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 Not that far? No, no. Just being afraid is what was most of it. (laughs) Sure. Um, Sure. So (laughs) I'll I'll give you two stories on that. So I was not allowed to watch Pokemon growing up, um, which I've I've heard a lot from like a lot of like super Christian upbringing kids. But specifically, the reason was that. Yep. Pokemon Evolve. I didn't
0: realize that you were depressed as a kid.
2: Whoa. Well, I said you I was a four. You
0: should start with that.
2: So. <laughs> probably just uh, yeah. extrapolate so, from that. So
1: the Pokemon Evolve and thereby we can't let our kid. They're, we can't play with this toy. You know?
0: Yeah. Of
2: course. But Digimon who Digivolve. Totally fine. <laughs> yeah, right. it's a different totally word. Fine. So
0: it's different.
2: I am not I am not making this up nor embellishing it. Uh, Okay. And the other one uh, was Yu-Gi-Oh got banned um, for various magic reasons. And I pushed the issue because Alex gave me a stack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards and I hid them. And my mom found them. She was mad. And I was like, why can't I watch Yu-Gi-Oh? And it was explained to me that the style of drawing the anime style with like the big eyes and stuff was preparing the world for demons. Sure. And I was like. Man, hmm. this don't make a whole lot of sense, but i hmm. I guess I'm six, so I
1: guess that
0: makes sense <laughs>
2: yeah, wow,
1: so even at that age you were like, "But really though? yeah 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 like, <laughs> so, I, I am six, but so all the way through eighth grade, that kind of homeschool experience, and then you go to public high school
2: Oh oh, we're not done yet either because oh, wow. uh the so the curriculum that I was. Brought up on was called Switched on Schoolhouse, which was very (laughs) Christian infused. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, one day and I still don't know if my mom knows this. So uh, sorry, mom. In like fifth grade, I want to say I figured out my mom's password to the curriculum because it was on the computer Mm -hmm. and it was John 316. Great, great password.
0: Careful. What if that's still her password?
2: It might be. (laughs) Oops. Oops. To the homeschool uh, curriculum? Yeah, I, I just won't say her email then. That's probably but, okay. Uh, yeah. So every day, every day, I cannot stress this enough that for like five years of my elementary to middle schooling, I got on the computer, I typed in the password and just showed the answers and then... Didn't do any schoolwork. I then just played RuneScape.
0: Yeah, that's how you roll.
2: <laughs> so I didn't learn anything for like six years, dude. Whoa. Wow. wow. I was
0: public schooled and I didn't learn anything for 13 years. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what the takeaway from that is, but it's probably important. Um, But yes, yeah, so I step into high school and I. Uh, Oh, my God. I was so weird. I was the weird kid by far. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me a solid year, year and a half, like sophomore, junior year is where uh, I was like, man, I should stop being the weird kid because <laughs> nobody likes him.
0: <laughs> How'd that work?
2: It worked pretty well, I think. Oh, um, and I was super fortunate that like I, you know, there's a group of friends who, tolerated me enough and they were pretty cool. And then I eventually stopped being as weird and then kind of found my social footing. Right. So to speak. Because I still did a lot of like weird and nerdy stuff. Um like I was in band drama for all four years. Classic. Excellent. I didn't do any like sports or anything. But uh I was in a metal band. Sure. So that's the callback to the long hair.
0: That makes sense.
2: Like occasionally black painted nails like yeah uh and i played bass which is the least cool one anyway yeah
1: in any metal band it's the least glorified for sure yeah yeah so you played bass in a metal band what were you playing in band in school what was your instrument
2: my biggest flex and uh ladies please prepare yourselves appropriately right my senior year of high school i was first chair all state Colorado jazz trombonist.
0: Oh, I thought you were gonna say trumpet. I was like, please don't. Nice, please God, don't say it. He's
1: got those trombonist
2: lips. (sighs) That's right. It's called
0: the tromboner lips, Steven. That's right. Get it right.
2: (laughs) Do we have to bleep that, or is that one okay? I'm not sure. There's no way of knowing the uh,
1: the standard is on that.
2: Yeah. I'm gonna call the FCC. Right, please do. (laughs) Um.
1: All right. Actually, don't. Don't trombone drama. I'm getting a picture of high school, Kevin, and I'm honestly kind of liking it because I'm imagining like late aughts, early teens of the 2000s. Yes. Very much, you know, the metal band is probably trying to look like attack, attack a bit. Oh, man. Um, or like early Devil Wears Prada look.
2: Not that cool. Um, <laughs> and we had a m-
1: <laughs> I'm not sure it was cool for them either, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> we had a major identity crisis as well.
0: What you don't know is that they all played the bass. And so it was just an all-bass <laughs> metal funny. band. <laughs> That's very funny. True, true. You went to high school with Katie, right?
2: Correct. And I was, I think, three years older or ahead of her. Um, So we were only actually there together for a very short time. Right. But she did have a crush on that glorious mane of hair. Oh, yeah.
1: She told us about this on her episode. Yeah.
2: And and monolithic alpha maleness. (laughs) Right.
0: She had a crush on a bass player. (laughs) Imagine.
2: (laughs) Imagine. Oh, my gosh. I I need to
1: know what the name of your band was.
0: (laughs) Noun the verb okay so no
2: no no oh my god i'm so (laughs) glad you said that no okay never mind because verb the noun is the the very standard yeah yeah right and that is the grammatically correct we (laughs) named our band noun the noun and it pissed me off so much that it was one of the reasons that i eventually left so the name was unrest the dead
0: what
2: you cannot unrest something was there a comma
1: unrest comma the dead no
2: no, no, no. Oh. You, you are in a state of unrest.
1: Excellent. So you graduate high school. I assume you learned some things in high school as opposed to <laughs> homeschool, middle, school. middle school. Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah. So oddly enough, like somehow I did decently enough in everything that didn't require much like homework. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like it's the same story with every millennial that you're like, oh, I was just really naturally smart and I did good on tests. And sure. But I never learned how to work hard (laughs) because like I got like a 32 on my ACTs. Damn. But I like failed AP U.S. history because you had to write, you know, a paragraph every week. Uh, But see, while I did not put any of my character creation points in like discipline or like determination, I dumped him into charisma. Yeah, so that's I went what into his office <laughs> and he sat there. He just like gave me a really long sigh and then sat there and changed every one of my zeros until I had a C in the class.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So after <laughs> high school, do you go straight to your freshman year at CSU?
2: I do. And I, oh man, I just didn't really do anything about it other than I was like, <laughs> I should probably go to college. Uh, so literally the last day of admissions, Whoa. I like was working for a different company at the time. It was like, Hey, I need to use the computer for like 10 minutes and then like filled out my application. Whoa. And somehow got accepted.
1: So was it kind of the motivation of like college is just the thing you do after high school now? Yep. Okay. Did you ever think you had a major when you were in this freshman and only year of college? Did you yeah, have an yeah, idea yeah. of what you wanted to study?
2: Yeah. So the job that I was working there, I was working for a heavy equipment rental and repair company. Oh, wow. Okay, As in like excavators, bulldozers, like mining machinery.
1: And this was your high school job?
2: Yes. Uh, So I worked at Domino's for like two months and then I joined this company working uh, as a wash boy. Um, So, I mean, this is where like my life could have gone in. So many different directions because for a brief period of time, I was on track to become like a heavy diesel mechanic or a welder.
1: Mm. Whoa. All right. Yeah.
2: So I bounced around like different positions in the shop and uh, basically one day like they were just having trouble with one of their computers or the server. And I was like, I'm a kid like I'm the youngest (laughs) here by far. So therefore, I'm the most qualified (laughs) to solve computer problems. Yeah, sure. And I did, did you, it and they were like,
0: did you try unplugging it and plugging it back in?
2: Pretty much. That was, yeah. <laughs> Cause I was always kind of nerdy and like I had a an inclination towards it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And I did that and they were like, wow, like you're pretty good at that. Like, do you want to do that instead of changing a hundred gallons of axle oil out of a, you know, mining haul truck? <laughs> yes. I yes, like, I would. Hold on. You'll pay me the same amount to stay in this air conditioned office. They're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, Sign yeah, let's do that up. one.
1: Yeah, that sounds good.
2: <laughs> so that's where I picked up that as a potential career path. So I went into uh. CSU, uh, and I still worked there part time for my uh, year. And I went in as a computer science, no, computer engineering major first. Hmm. Knowing, like, looking back in hindsight, this was so profoundly dumb of me because the only thing that I actually struggled in school at was math. And I Eight. was like, I am just bad at math. Oh. I, it does not come naturally. And it doesn't even come after like a whole bunch of work. So engineering school sounds good. Let's <laughs> do that one. So <laughs> that semester I failed every class that was important for the engineering side. Oh, like every ouch. single one. Ouch. Ah, like, oh, that's a bummer. Right. Let's go to computer science then. That's probably less, less math, right? <laughs> no spoiler it, it's, it not. Is not. it's not it's not it's not right. it's not so i finished up that year with a gpa of 0. 0.8
0: wow that high
2: yeah <laughs> ouch <laughs> um so earlier you had said <laughs> we were talking about how we talk about how we finish college <laughs> and dixie said something to the effect of there's no official documentation and well, that's where you're wrong because there is a very strongly worded letter from CSU that they says, like, "Please leave. do not come back. You are not allowed on these campus grounds. Oh, wow. Never
0: tell anybody that you came here. Oh
2: wow! You, you are on super ultra omega academic probation. Wow! Right?
0: Don't even. We don't want you within 500 feet of any part yeah. of the campus.
2: <laughs> yeah. Which was double unfortunate because at the time my jobs were working for the university in their IT department and their school of business like film team. Hmm. OK. I'm um, like doing like promotional videos and stuff. Sure. Um, for the College of Business. So I was like, ah, dang, I am out of college and also jobless and technically homeless. Whoa. I also lived because you were the getting dorms. kicked
1: out of the dorms. Of Classic. Right.
2: Right wow like oh well that's a bummer so well,
1: here's so here's a, a major overhaul yeah and then uh, you mentioned earlier like in the icebreaker favorite failure is like this is pretty much what has crafted your life into what it is now is because of this moment pretty much
2: or, or at least this is uh so uh intimately intertwined with like everything that i do and who i am now yeah right so i think for that summer i believe i went and lived with uh the boss of the machinery company that i was working for okay um because i had been working part-time like you know every other weekend for them so i came back and worked the summer but all of my friends were still in fort collins like everyone that I had met throughout the course of college, like ended up being wonderful people and still Mm. mostly in my life. So I was like, I'm going back to Fort Collins, but like this time as like an actual adult, you know, (laughs) Um, Because like (laughs) your first year, your first year at college, like living on campus and stuff like you're still a child. Mm. Oh, and doubly funny. I was actually still a child because throughout the course of homeschooling, which is another long story that I think we might not have time for But I ended up skipping a grade, so I was seventeen in the dorms. Oh, uh, to CSU, classic children. Actually, a child.
1: Whoa. Okay.
0: All right.
2: Like it. It is mind blowing to me that they let me take out twenty five thousand dollars as a seventeen year old. (laughs) Mm, That's insane.
1: Yeah, that is right.
0: That's because you're young and naive. They're like, ah, this idiot doesn't know what he's signing up for. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I still don't know. And they won't give me that much money like today. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, I definitely have yeah. my, my beefs with the educational loan system. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because of that. Yeah. It's predatory is the right word for it. Yeah.
2: Very right. Um, So I steeled myself and returned back to Fort Collins and I got a job doing like Basic I.T. work, Um, if you're familiar with the industry, it's called an MSP or managed service provider. So the company provides I.T. on a contractual basis to businesses that might not be big enough to have their own I.T. department or like just need some extra help. So like think like law offices and Mm -hmm. like dentists and some of the like fun ones, like I got to do I.T. for. Do you guys know what like boondocks is? Mm hmm. So it was like that, but the Fort Collins version, you know, like go-karts right. and laser tag and stuff. So like I gotta do, <laughs> you know, Wi-Fi and computer installs there, which was pretty fun. Oh, right on. It was a really well-suited job for Enneagram for ISTP me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, also I have ADHD. I don't know if we ever talked about that. Fun way to bring that one up. Um <laughs> So it was a great job for me because it was a constantly changing environment. Like I was in a different office every single day, huh, Wow! like lots of travel. And I learned so much um, because you, you got to see every type of setup mm-hmm. and every type of like, you know, it problem or whatever. Um, so I got like super accelerated on that track. So very thankful for that. Um, I ended up, so all of my, Um, My floor of the dorms that I lived in at CSU ended up being super tight. Um, Like I just saw four fifths, like four to five of them like two weeks ago. Mm, Um, Nice. We we stayed super tight. They all joined a fraternity. As you do. And yeah, they had all moved into a house together in Fort Collins and Mm -hmm. I was up there visiting them. Sorry, a residential house, not a fraternity (laughs) house. Um, So it was just the four or five of them. Oh,
1: okay. Uh, I was over
2: there visiting them one day um, and their neighbors were out hanging out in the yard grilling and we make friends with them. We're playing beer darts and various college shenanigans. And they were like, hey, do you know anybody looking for a house? Like we need a roommate. I was like, yes, actually me. Uh, (laughs) Me,
0: when can Uh, I move? That's me,
2: please. Right. Yeah, and they were like, "Cool, can you move in next week?" And I was like, "Yep," because at that point I was still like commuting up to Fort Collins, or I don't know where I was living. Actually,
0: there's no way of knowing.
2: There's no (laughs) way. Uh, I've moved so many times. I moved out of my parents' house when I was 16, and have until this apartment that I'm currently recording. I've not lived in a place for longer than a year. Wow. Yeah. So I ended up moving into them and then started like I I feel like thrive might be a strong word, but like stabilizing, I guess, from, you know, becoming an abject failure, homeless, jobless and actually failed to now like breaking even. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to get my feet under me. Um, my roommate at the time was a bouncer for a club up there called Bondi Beach Bar. And at this point I was 19, I believe. And he snuck me in there one time, because obviously underage. Classic. And I had made it a point to make friends and learn names of every single security guard, every bartender, like every person that worked at the bar so that I could come in anytime that I wanted. Mm. Worked flawlessly. Thinking ahead, uh, at this,
1: I like this. Yeah. Enterprising
2: at the same time, maybe like a year before, I had discovered an interest in electronic music, and one of my friends was like a bedroom DJ. I was like, Whoa, this is the coolest thing that I've ever seen! Um, so I bought his uh CDJs, which it's hard to describe how bad of a piece of equipment they are, but it's like basically a CD player that is the size of a shoebox <laughs> that has play, pause, and stop, and like track seek, and then a like speed fader that would change the pitch and the speed of the track playing. And you could use one song per CD. So basically, a vinyl record player. But none of the coolness and all of the inconvenience.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Um, but way worse.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah, Worse in every way. So I bought these and I would just sit in my bedroom for hours on end burning CDs. I burned probably like a thousand. I I actually used up like a CD burner in my computer. Wow. Wow. Burning these tracks. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. (laughs) So this club That my roommate had snuck me into had just gotten a new general manager and I came in I kid you not every single day and bugged the hell out of him and I was like yo yo can I DJ here Yo, like let me let me DJ here. Because up to this point, like my experience of playing out was going to like frat parties and house parties. Mm-hmm. Hey, can I DJ? And they're like, who are you? And I'm like, <laughs> I'll be in the living room. I just
1: And up. <laughs> setting
2: up my like 800 pounds of stupid equipment with a thousand CDs on an ironing board and a mini fridge. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm ready to play out. Like, I'm ready.
0: <laughs> so.
2: Finally, the dude just relented and he was like, if you shut up, I'll let you play a Thursday. And I was like, sick, I'm there. <laughs> and so this is like 2012 ish. I want to say mm-hmm. like peak Skrillex dubstep. Totally. Yes, and it I was. played four hours of Flex Pavilion and, you know, Dr. P just like an assault on the ears. Ah. <laughs> it, it had to have been so bad. But luckily, their other DJ quit and they're like, I guess you're the DJ now. I oh, guess this my. is what we have. Wow. It was so like, oh, the luck involved it, in that. Yes. Yeah. This was guy immense. won't shut up, but he's here. It was right
1: place, right he's time. Here.
2: It was, yeah. So, so lucky. Perfect.
0: You're better now, right?
2: I, I like to think so.
1: We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back to our conversation. Dixie, tell the people where they can get a delicious bag of fresh roasted coffee.
0: Probably at your local coffee shop. But I think that you're implying wow. I think you're implying the Highline coffee.
1: This is the Highline Coffee. Which
0: would be on our website.
1: Which is Highline.network slash shop. Shop. So convenient. Twelve Just ounce bags and two ounce bags.
0: Two pound bags.
1: Two thank you. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> Not
0: two, here's two coffee beans.
1: <laughs> fresh roasted, fresh packaged. This would be a perfect time to come order some coffee for the holidays. Holiday Christmas and New Year's Christmas
0: and yep. Christmas. Hot cup of
1: coffee on Christmas morning. On
0: Chrysler morning.
1: Or a nice cup of coffee to keep you going while you're trying to stay up for New Year's. Keep
0: those happy Honda days
1: relive your childhood and sure. when you actually stayed up until midnight for New Year's.
0: Oh, I'm staying up till midnight.
1: Which we haven't done in a while. I'm staying
0: up We're till midnight. We're doing it this year? No, I mean on Christmas to see Oh, Santa.
1: why Christmas? Okay. Well, we should talk about that off the air. <laughs> um, you could also grab stickers on the Highline website are with our logo and they are delightful. They're pretty cute. We should also mention that we are a founding podcast of the Highline Media Network alongside Ravel and Whiskey Bench. And our other sister shows include Into Author's Intent the best by one. Dixie Lee Henning. Okay, Obviously. that's a subjective opinion, nope. but we'll move on. Fact. And <laughs> the newest edition of The Family, which is Keller's Couch.
0: Keller's Couch. Keller's Couch. Which, is with, that all of them?
1: That is all of them. All six of them. Oh my gosh, what? Guys, Look at all us podcasters no, networked together. Look at all
0: of us networking our podcasts.
1: Artist-owned shows highlighting normal people in normal places. Yes. And Keller's Couch does that brilliantly. So let's hear a teaser from them and we'll get back to our conversation with Kevin.
2: Oh my god actually she just got here it's my friend terry hey terry oh
1: hi i'm terry nice to meet
2: you she's oh my god yeah as you can tell by her interesting accent she is actually from germany yeah (laughs) you said it
0: so terry i was just telling them about this new movie that's german oh
2: yeah oh my my god terry you're from germany i bet you might have seen
1: it i have seen Every single German movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's I called- have starred in a
2: few of them myself. Oh, what? Yeah. Terry. Oh my God. It's very exciting. Jeez.
0: Oh, so, Terry, do you want a nude colony?
2: Oh.
0: <laughs> Let's get back to our conversation.
1: I, so, this is where the DJ work begins. Correct. Um, for you, this certainly interest of yours. So, what I am curious about, though, because, like, I typically ask every guest like what you do for work. Did the IT stuff kind of maintain itself as more or less the day job? Yes. Throughout. And is that what you do now? Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. In the same way of like, I don't know, we're working as a drafter and then becoming like an architect you're like, yeah, like they, they are the same, but different. So what I was doing then was like very basic, like helped us, stuff um and i worked that job and then you know moved into either got promoted there or moved to a different company doing similar things no oh, sure and then oh man i'm trying to make sure that we've wrapped up everything around this time i guess the other other important thing for this period of my life is uh i met a girl while i was living in the dorms and then like 2 years later i think two or three she was working at the Wells Fargo that I banked at and asked me for my number and we went out and then we dated for like three years. And this, uh, this one, <laughs> this story gets covered in the death episode of the latest into very much. And it's a very, very important and defining period of my life. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, this relationship is pretty monolithic wow uh, as far as like before kevin and post kevin essentially wow right yeah huge huge deal and it that thing is like the i guess the microcosm of like everything that i learned about myself like wrapped up in a you know three-year story i Mm. guess wow Uh, wow like i grew up decades uh during those years yeah it was very uh important to who kevin is today so i'd say most of that uh i think i covered in the death episode pretty well and
1: Mm. yeah yeah so this is part of the the move back from fort collins to denver correct big life-changing events happen in relationships between you and and loved ones and um Man, it feels really trivial to ask you about this this phenomenal job in Denver and see if that is the job you oh. have today.
2: <laughs> it's, a, it's all trivial. Life is trivial. <laughs> it, is, it is, in fact, the same job that I have today, which is insane because I've had it for, as of this month, six years. Wow. Um, oh, wow. Excellent. Which is crazy. But, yeah, it's a good gig.
1: Uh, would you mind describing a little bit about what you do?
2: Certainly. So my title is a client technology analyst. The reason why getting this job was very funny is I had met a recruiter on Reddit on like the Denver subreddit <laughs> a year before actually landing the job. And he was like, uh-huh. hey, I'm an IT recruiter. Like shoot me your resume and I'll let you know if I find anything. And I was like, sure, whatever. Yeah, why not?" A year later, he contacts me and he's like, hey, man, I got something that you would like. And it's a job as a senior like desktop services technician mm-hmm. for a financial firm. Mm. And I was like. Me being, I think I just, I was about to turn 21, no 22. So I'm still a child and this is a senior level position. And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Like <laughs> uh, sign me up. Right. And then they're like, Hey, they want an interview. And I was like, oh God. Okay. And then I go and they're like, we want to hire you on the spot. And I was like, oh crap. All right. I got to move to Denver. Like, wow. Like, okay. I, I did not expect this to go through. Right. <laughs> Um,
0: Wait, they said yes. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'll be no, there. seriously oh, though. Like, because ah. like, again, it's a senior level position, right? Um, with Whoa. corresponding like benefits and pay and stuff. And I'm a child, <laughs> <laughs> and I show up to this job, and like the people who are like, it's not like I'm a manager and I'm like directly in charge of them, but the people who were not senior level are like thirties, forties, yeah you know, adults with this is their career and families. Mm, Right. Right. And I'm like, (laughs) like, Hey guys, how do, how do I write a check? You know, like, (laughs) like, ah, yes, this is our new captain. I was the youngest in the entire company uh, for like four or five years. Oh
1: man. Okay. So that accounts Um, for the trip back to Denver. Yep. Usually I guess like, I guess we're moving into this phase of like what we're passionate about kind of question for no normal people. I guess I first want to start by framing like the journey to where you are today as a DJ and like your growth there and where you get to perform and why performing means so much to you
2: deal. So, uh, after assaulting the people of Fort Collins, <laughs> uh, <laughs> with just 4 hours of raucous dubstep. Uh I eventually was like I should probably a invest in some better equipment and b <laughs> play, you know, music or or at least like find a uh, wider palette of music to play. Mm. Um cuz I mean 4 hours straight of a singular anything kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah, and like I knew nothing about like pop music, which like I whatever your opinions about it are, like people want to hear popular music and like, that's not a bad thing. And like hating popular stuff does not make you cool. And it's not a personality trait. Preach,
1: (laughs) preach it. I
2: I don't personally choose to listen to country music, but to say that I hate country music is dumb.
1: Yeah. Um, There's a
2: ton of great country music out there. I feel like Um, I've
1: learned the value of that attitude only in the last like three years, maybe like, I used to be the guy here in Montana who was like, nah, I don't care for country at all. And I'll tell you all, every reason why I think it's trash. But now
2: I'm like, yeah, I very much. And uh, to, to wrap it up in, in one little note is I am so sad that I hated Fallout Boy when it was really popular to hate <laughs> Fallout Boy because uh, From Under the Cork Tree is a timeless album. Mm. And it's so good. And it was just so cool and trendy to hate them. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, I really missed out. Like, yeah. I think it's okay to have that opinion, but don't shit on other people for liking stuff is like pretty much my core value. Yeah. Um, just just let people like things. Fair. It's good.
1: No, this is this is very good. Well, I mean, like, even the way you talk about the experience of performing, like you, you told us unravel that almost every time you get to perform you you have an emotional moment like connecting with the crowd and connecting with the music itself.
2: Very much. Mm.
1: yeah would you talk about that like what the what the value is in like creating an experience for you and like what kind of goes into your performances and your your prep like that
2: yeah absolutely um so me being the personality that I am like the important part for me how I measure this success of something that I do is the impact that it's had on a person or people mm. and like simultaneously i haven't uh <laughs> it's the weird like four paradox like schrodinger's box that it's like i (laughs) want the attention but not obviously (laughs) sure right Um, and how how i manifested this without understanding myself enough yet uh like in high school was doing technical theater um so like doing the lights and the set and you know audio cues and blah 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 that i'm like I am the God of this performance without me. You can't even see nor hear the actors, (laughs) Uh, you know? So I'm like singularly, like I am the most important, but like, I don't want to be on stage. Like I don't want people to look at me. Sure. (laughs) But, but like I have to have impact. And then, so like that very naturally slid into DJing that like the, the idea is, is that for, Typically I play sets between like three to four hours. So I'm like for these three to four hours or, you know, the one or two hours that people are there for, I don't expect every single person to stay like start to finish. Sure. But for this amount of time, like these people have given me the power to control the vibe of the entire environment, like the entire crowd, Hmm. which is like this, like living, breathing entity that, you know, I responds and feeds back to whatever I'm doing, which is insane. Like it's it's so crazy looking at like a large crowd from that side. And like even though even this sounds so dumb, but like to be able to say like, you know, put your hands up. And then you see a thousand hands go in the air, like, Holy mm. crap. Right. It's insane. And then, so like having the opportunity to manage this, like ebb and flow of energy and like watch people respond. And you can change the entire vibe of the place by just with what style of music you're playing, like a specific song, like playing a, uh, like just like Fall Out boy, uh, panic at the disco. Like I, Oftentimes we'll throw in like, a yeah, I I write sins or not tragedies or something. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, and I'll do that like right after like a really heavy, like headbanging dubstep song. And then it's like instantly everybody's like jumping and yelling at the top of their lungs. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's <laughs> so much Everyone is suddenly
0: fun. a scene girl.
2: Right. Just yes. Like. Or we're, we're there. Yeah. Or we're throwing yeah. back to like prom
1: night. Yeah. You know, the glory yes. and, days. And of dude, prom. I, I,
2: I say that on the mic when I play like an old like Akon song, you know, I'm oh like, my gosh, yo, Denver, like, you know, th- we're going back to 2012 prom, you know. And, uh, yeah. But like in the weird meta way, like that is what's happening. And like, I get to take these people back who maybe haven't heard a song like this or haven't, you know, screamed out, you know, Blink-182 in you know, years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's wow. so fulfilling.
1: Wow. I, I love the thought you've put into cause like a a performance by a band, those, those bands can bank on the fact that you're probably going to be there from the beginning to the end of their set. But True. I had never thought of it that way. And like what you do in DJing, like you have to be mindful of the fact that some people are going to be in the club for an hour. Some people are going to be there for three hours and like, right you have an experience to deliver to both of those people. Right. I'd never thought of it that
2: way. And consider that, you know, I'm playing as, as what's called a resident DJ. So like I essentially have a standing contract with the venue that I play there X amount of times a month. So not only do I have to keep the singular crowd in mind, but also returning crowd and like the staff there. Because they, oh I, I can't even just prepare a four-hour set and keep playing that over and over, because mm-hmm. that will get stale very quickly. Yeah. And then consider that over a four-hour set, like I average around like two hundred songs, so like between like one eighty and like two twenty. Goodness, yeah, Goodness. that's so much music, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. So, like, to try and deliver what I consider like a quality set, while Also incorporating new music while also not, you know, trying not to replay too many of my things like week to week. It's so much work. Wow. (laughs) Wow. And and like and also still somehow carve out a style.
1: Would you clarify? Because like I grew up going to, you know, in high school, going to like formal dances and proms and stuff. And basically I my opinion of DJing as an art form was always like a glorified playlist builder.
0: Mm-hmm. Will, will <laughs> sure. you, will I mean, you ad- that's what it is in Montana. Will
1: you address some of those misconceptions <laughs> and give me your favorite pitch for why DJ is an actual art form rather than just like hitting play on Spotify?
2: Um, there, There's so many facets to it that I don't even really have the argument with people anymore. I'm just like, ah, like I hope you... I hope you see a DJ someday that changes your mind, but it's kind of the same of like, well, why would I have a full band behind me when I could just have the backing tracks? And you're like, you know, I guess objectively, like hard to argue logically. Yeah. Right. Computer's never going to make a mistake. And yet we probably wouldn't go see August Burns red if it were a vocalist and a laptop on stage. Mm. Um, So there is, there's something important about the human performance aspect of it, whether or not we can quantify it. Yeah. So
1: what does it mean when you are like developing your own style? Is this the way like you stitch songs together and do transitions and, you know, incorporating the light show, all the, so everything.
2: And I would say at its core, the most important skill for the DJ to have is curation and the ability to read the crowd. I am confident that a computer can probably mix better than I can. Hmm. I am extremely confident that I know what song people want to hear at this point in time better than a computer does.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, a,
2: a computer can play a pre-recorded set flawlessly. A computer cannot say, "Yo, this crowd is not feeling hip hop right now. This crowd it does not want house music." Like what a good DJ will do is look, look at the crowd. Who's dancing? Like, what is the vibe? You're vibe checking the whole room constantly throughout the night. Right. You know, and you're finding people. And is it like, are people tired? Like, you know, did they just want to go get a drink? You know, what was the, what was the last song that people were jumping to? Like, are they older? Are they younger? You know, the sets that I play in Denver versus uh, Fort Collins, which is a college town, are very different because the demographic is very different. Yeah, right. Spotify can't do these kinds of things. So like at its core, it's being able to read the crowd and your own curation is how you develop. It is at least a large facet of how you develop your own style. Because what like a dumb thing that I say is like, the idea is that I'm playing songs that the crowd wants to hear that they don't know that they want to hear yet.
1: Oh, I like the way you said that.
2: Anybody can go on the TikTok top fifty, the Spotify most downloaded, whatever, and just play all the songs and the crowd will probably like it. Right. But I'm finding stuff that was just released last week on a, you know, European advanced record pool. And I think you guys will like it.
1: Nice. Mm. This this sounds like it's a, an environment crafted for someone of your foreness. Just that that empathy factor of just like being able to vibe check and feel the room out, you get it, almost getting ahead of the crowd's desires.
2: Yeah, I and like I that think that's my biggest like natural inclination or advantage to it is that like I can't even describe how you know, but like intuition with
1: gut feel. Yeah, right.
2: But like it's like if I if I have a really big song in mind, you know, like a huge like. Millennium or like seven lions, like big emotional, everybody cry song or like a really, you know, hype, whatever. I could not tell you why, but I could tell you if it's time for that song yet or not.
1: Oh, wow. It's Fair. like
2: the, the crowd is not ready. Like we need to, we need to go here first. <laughs> right. Like the entire Everyone's thing is crying.
0: We need to build to that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And yeah, honestly, and uh, I had so many what what really drove all of this home for me and like emboldened me that like I am handling this correctly is I had so many people come up to me during lockdown times when we were doing, you know, like on a normal Friday night, we sell about like eighteen hundred wristbands. Um, and then during Corona times, we were down to like a hundred because it was like six people to a table and you know, right. blah, 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 wow. And I had so many people come back uh, week after week after week and uh, probably 10 people come up to me after the show, like either in tears or close to it. And just being like, this is the most normal thing that we have. Like, I just want to go to a concert so badly. I want to go to Red Rocks. Like, Mm. I haven't seen my favorite artists in, you know, eight months. And like, just thank you. Wow. And that, like, that was Insane for me, really.
1: Wow. You strike me as a person who likes to create an atmosphere where as many people as possible, you make feel welcome and feel heard and like
2: included. Yeah, that's the idea. And I think a lot of that comes from me being the weird kid in high school.
1: Oh, sure.
2: I just have. This is my uh, secret d d ability <laughs> that I I will find something to connect with you about with anyone. I, and I will find the dude who is in the corner of the party, you know, and is most likely a really cool guy. And he just needs someone to like set him up, like tee him up for it.
1: Yeah. Um, oh, it's like that. Is that, what is that poorly drawn meme where the guy is like standing at the party? If they only knew I, you know, that meme.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's that it's that you find that guy.
2: Yeah, I feel like that's that's like my I don't know, my duty to pay back, I guess. Oh, wow. Human or society at large that somebody like stepped out to include me and I like blossomed because of it. Mm, Yeah. And to pay that karma back to the universe, like I will I will find the guy that like. Just need someone to like pull him into the conversation circle and be like, yo, like, did you guys know that Michael raps, you know, or whatever. Right. And then then I can leave him and disappear and go on to the next one or something. But it happens so often that like people just need someone to start the conversation or whatever.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: And I think that also came a lot from I've done a lot of solo traveling and I have not had a negative data point of it's just always out there. Like the love and inclusion, whatever, like is there, it's just like, it just needs to be brought up somehow. Mm, Like, I have so many stories of being utterly alone in a country, in a hostel. And it's like, I strike up a conversation with one guy and then the next 48 hours of me are a montage of like me and 30 Australians, like (laughs) on some adventure, (laughs) like, You know, and it was all because I was like, hey, man, cool pants.
1: (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's so good, man. Your (laughs) your talent for very quickly just finding that connection on which you can vibe with anyone you meet. That is something definitely of like, I guess it would still be a first impression again because my memory of you from four years old is so sparse. So like what a nerd. (laughs) So my my first impression of you just a few months ago was like. Oh, yeah, we could hang. I know we could hang. <laughs> and I know I know that's that is another factor of like, definitely we have Alex in common. And yep. Alex is also this kind of type who just wants to invite you in and make you feel like you belong. You know, what? Mm-hmm. Any
0: see three. Oh, I knew that. Uh, yeah. Alex yeah, is a three.
2: He's my wing man. Get it? Yeah, that's good. (laughs) That's
1: good. Nice. Well done. Well, so speaking of Alex and also speaking of the way you can have conversations that connect people.
0: And also being a wing man.
1: Tell me about the Into podcast (laughs) and the fine work you guys do over there. Man.
2: Well, that's uh, generous of you to call it fine. Yeah, we started a podcast and I don't even remember why. Uh, We just wanted to. And we had stuff that I don't know we felt was important to say and like this the selling point of it is it's me Alex and Katie and Alex's father and mother and love that the amount of perspective from not only the generational gap but even within the generations it's crazy Um, and I feel like we get this really cool multi-perspective a uh, discussion about a whole bunch of stuff and it's yeah. a lot of fun
1: yeah you absolutely do you guys came out the gate like literally episode one was robot souls old ships in a teacup full of brains yeah and this is the one i connected with where basically alex ran you through the the thought experiment ship of Theseus, ship of theseus but what we did is we made kevin a robot instead <laughs> and constantly yeah. checked in on is he human
2: still or not Or is he dancer?
1: Or yeah. (laughs) Well done, my friend. Well, so like, would you put anything under anything else under this umbrella of like what you are passionate about, excited about, what gives you the juice, what you're into? I'll pay you a dollar for that one. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Would you put anything else under that umbrella?
2: And I guess just people. I'm consistently realizing more and more. That holy crap. I just love people. Hmm. Oh, I forgot to spring my trap card. Uh, but like, one, one of my favorite things and to put it under kind of the same umbrella, but a slightly larger one is I love mythology. Nice. Oh, uh, Yeah. And uh, my birthday gifts from the last two years from Alex have been uh, a painting of Icarus and a painting of the Binding of Fenrir, Mm. which are probably my two most favorite mythological stories, one from Greek and one from Norse. Right. And like get ready for the huge meta expansion. Um, I think storytelling, story keeping is like the most important thing that humanity does in a really weird like meta expansion way uh, that'll take way too long to fully cover maybe it'll be an into episode oh definitely
1: Where, where do you think the value for storytelling like that came for you
2: oh boy so I always I always had like kind of the standard like boyish fascination with like you know the myths of the Spartans and yeah you know all these like larger than life stories about Zeus and Hercules and Thor and I don't think that that's especially unique or anything mm-hmm. Um, but I just like kept it was one of those things which are rare for me with turbo ADHD that like I consistently found myself coming back to like it's mm. not weird for me to go on a four hour rabbit hole about naval battles of World War One <laughs> you know sure, <laughs> like right? that's That happened. And in fact, I think like last week, maybe two weeks ago, I was at Alex's house and he's like, what are you reading? And I was like, dude, it is insane how efficiently Otto von Bismarck industrialized Germany. Like, seriously, nobody talks about this. He's (laughs) like, it is like 8 p.m. on a Saturday. Kev." Right. Yeah. Cool it, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But for some reason, like, I just always kept coming back to myths and like I would read books and stuff and. I don't know. It, uh, it developed into this like larger and larger philosophy, I guess Mm -hmm. that like the idea that mythology is old and like, you know, doesn't happen anymore is wrong. We currently have mythology Mm -hmm. like technology and fame and everything that we have today is just our mythology. Right. It's just the mythology of right now. Wow. Wow. Everything that we're hearing, I guess just broadly in general, but like, you know, the music and uh I don't know, art and television and shows and movies like these are just myths and part of our oral story keeping and mm-hmm. tradition. Mm-hmm. It's just happening around us and not in a textbook yet. Right. Right. You said um, you
0: said Icarus. Yes. Oh, OK. Do you can you explain why Icarus is your favorite?
2: Oh, I, I am Icarus. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it's Too a self-insert. <laughs> That's that is that is God, that so uh so thoroughly envelops like right? so many facets of my own character. Hmm.
0: I think the interesting thing about Icarus, and one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite. Um, is specifically that his dad said not to fly too close to the sun or too close to the ocean, and he chose mm-hmm. to fly too close to the sun. Like, right. even if you had uh, chosen to fly too close to the ocean, I mean, you, there there would have been maybe a chance that you mm-hmm. could have lived if you fl- flew too close to the ocean, but you flew too close to the sun. So not only did you fall from the sky, but you drowned. So congratulations, (laughs) you idiot.
2: (laughs) It also kind of ties in with why I relate and love the story of the binding of Fenrir so much.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: the idea that Icarus would probably do it again.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: (laughs) He would would do it anyway. A hundred percent. And another facet of why I love the painting that Alex got me so much is that this is like I assume it's pretty hard to claim that a work of art is the official illustration of a story, but it's one of the most popular and like oldest, most historic renderings of it. And Icarus is actually hard to find in the painting. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, He's
2: in the very bottom right corner in like a little splash. And this is a (laughs) giant canvas. And I think that's eloquent and beautiful.
1: It also like, it says something about like, Look at the rest of human life just continuing to go on mm-hmm. around this guy we've mythologized for his follies, yep. you know, mm-hmm. this guy on the stairs, Classic like Thomas following a horse, you know? Yeah. I want his fields. Yeah. Like life
2: and tending your sheep.
1: Life is just going on. Some people are falling for getting too close to the sun. Wow. But some,
2: but some people flew.
0: Even if only for a minute. <laughs> right. Well, when your wings are powerful. made of wax, it's kind of uh, you know, iffy.
2: And that's why I think I this story is so close to me is that I personally would rather fly. Yeah. And die. Like i, oh, <laughs> I have always, thing
0: out. Be like, I yeah. have
2: always <laughs> been the like burnout bright and hot. Not <laughs> long.
1: Wow. I feel like that says a lot. I like I, that.
2: <laughs> I, I have never intended to make it much past 30. Uh, until 30 got really close all of a sudden and I'm like okay 40 maybe. Don't even 35. get me started.
1: We'll wise up a little bit Man. I guess. Kevin what are things that you do as a hobby?
2: Dude I I dabble in everything. Like I cinematic and like videography pursuits like I'm an amateur photographer. Um, I produce bad music. I <laughs> like <laughs> I'm into cars. I ride motorcycles. I like to go on really spontaneous and irresponsible traveling things. I recently got into like Arduino and Raspberry Pi programming for addressable Mm. RGB lights. Right on. I have no (laughs) self-control and a little bit of disposable income and the shortest of attention spans and It's dangerous and I'm tired (laughs) a lot.
1: (laughs) It's dangerous and I'm tired a lot, but you're definitely also enjoying yourself. I think so. (laughs) Do you like to follow any particular morning or evening routines?
2: No, and I really should have routines, but I don't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's the spontaneity thing again. It's back. The free spirit.
2: It's so so unhealthy, dude. Yeah, it's
1: the free spirit.
2: We're just... My sleep hygiene is just in tatters. Like we flow with it, right? <laughs> yeah. There's a brief period in my life where like I really was like eating regularly and like working out, and I felt so good. Huh. And now I feel like bad all the time. And I'm like, I wonder why. Kevin, do you have any pets? I have one cat and he's the best
1: what just is a
0: classy boy.
2: What is this guy's personality? I have to know. He is uh, (laughs) so it's kind of sad because it all just points to him being separated from his mother too early. Uh, Uh, He's the most cuddly, touchy, cuddly, loving cat uh, that I have ever personally experienced. Um, There is no upper limit to how much he wants to cuddle. Like I have tried to outlast him and I gave up at like an hour. (laughs) Wow. I can um, tell
0: you that um, when they aren't separated from their mother, they're just as clingy.
1: They yeah.
0: <laughs> Cuz our well, cat he's also our cat literally some... lived with its mother and he literally never stops wanting to be in the same room as you forever.
2: Turbo wants to be on your face. <laughs> and he also like likes to lick and suck on your earlobe.
0: Oh my gosh. Um,
2: as if he was wow. uh, like Feeding. breastfeeding. Yeah. yeah wow (laughs) Um, so like the behaviors make sense making
0: biscuits on your face
1: you've been woken up with him on your ear haven't you
2: yeah he i mean he likes to sleep on my pillow oh my gosh or like he'll like cuddle up as little spoon um he doesn't wake me up much anymore uh because he's figured out that like if He touches me with his whiskers, it feels like there's a fly on my face and, you get smacked. and he gets slapped. Yes, <laughs> right. Um, but he will sit very close to me and just purr until I wake up. Oh, like, get up now! Um, it's time to eat. That's adorable. Yeah, that is time uh, to eat. I love that. But I, I it's funny because like I am very lighthearted about everything and like my own mortality and death. I'm like. Yeah, I'm probably going to die from like slipping in the shower and hitting my head and it's going to be soon and I'm not going to make it past 30 (laughs) and Turbo is so off limits to that, that like I get really sad thinking about how like he's lived maybe half his life already like that brings me to tears just the concept of it and i'm like nope like our cats only two
0: and i literally like will be home alone and just thinking about him dying one day and be like i can't do this
2: yep i would really prefer to die before him (laughs)
0: please kill me
2: before he's even like old yeah old cats are
0: fun though
1: Kevin, I have some closing questions for us as we get close to wrapping up here. Thank you again. Thanks for being on the show.
2: No, thanks for having me.
1: Uh, Let's start with what you are currently reading.
2: Currently, I just got into do do audiobooks count.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: Is that fine? Okay, cool. Um, I just started a series called The Gentleman Bastards, which is a very fun, like kind of like low fantasy Ocean's Eleven. Nice. Very fun. And then just before that, like literally two days ago, I just finished Project Hail Mary, which was incredible. It's by the same guy who did The Martian. Oh, okay. And it is like a 10 out of 10 book. Holy cow. Did I enjoy that?
1: What are you currently watching?
2: So I don't watch a whole lot except for the only show that like, you know, I get excited when new episodes come out is a show called Letterkenny.
1: What are you currently listening to? Let's start with podcasts. Podcasts.
2: Well, uh, as much as the the self-plug is funny, I have been devouring every uh, show and sister show um, that we have. And part of that was motivated by my recent appearance on all of them.
1: Yes. Um, yes. Welcome
2: to the rest <laughs> of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Welcome
0: <laughs> to the tarot. Um, it's
2: so good. Th- this week. Um, But. It, it was like one of the things where it's like, all right, I need to, you know, I need to listen to the show so I understand the culture.
1: Study up, you know, feel behind the vibe. So I, right.
2: Yeah. And then you're like, you know, I probably got that out of three episodes. Like, well, why don't we just go ahead and start this for us? You know, we're already here. Right. Yeah. So been loving all of those. And then outside of us, probably my favorite podcast is one called Behind the Bastards.
1: Oh, a classic.
2: By Robert Evans, who is just an evil genius. <laughs> and then Unexplainable is probably up there, too.
1: What about music, Kevin? What are you jamming right now? Dude. That's a daunting so much, question. I, that's a crazy it's,
2: question. Pa- already part answered of it that almost feels DJ like a section. job. Yeah. <laughs> of course it feels like, like a job. Yeah. Like, it's it's important to stay current on trends. Mm-hmm. Lately. So, like, the, the other part of that is just the sheer amount of volume that I get leads me to find like some really like fun hidden gems, even though I I hate that terminology and I hate the idea of like, oh, I'm so special because I listened to this band early before yeah. they were cool. Right. But like I do get exposure to a lot of things that I wouldn't normally. And that's really neat. So like lately I've been into this band called Origami Button, which are like Dance Gavin Dance and maybe like Jimmy world or like brand new, like, Oh,
1: all right. Like, all like, right.
2: like a slightly softer, but still groovier emo ish dance, Kevin dance. Uh, and they slap nice. They're so much fun.
1: All right. Would you tell the no normal people audience where they can find you online and find your podcast and, and your, any other projects you have and
0: your mom's email address
1: so we can yeah. get the, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we can get the homeschool <laughs> curriculum. We know the password uh, already. <laughs>
2: Yeah, my mom's email address is (laughs) 420bootywizard69 at hotmail.com. I knew
0: you were going to say hotmail. (laughs) I had to to email someone that had a hotmail email address the other day, and I was like, still?
2: You still have hotmail? You still have this? Jeez, uh, come on! So I still have a hotmail address.
0: <laughs> oh no! And Jeez,
2: until the account got deactivated, uh, the password was BibleMan1.
0: No, BibleMan. Oh, I man. bet that got hacked a lot.
2: No, not once. Not once. Because the power, the armor of God protected the it. <laughs> oh, God. Idiot.
0: Yeah, haven't you armor read Ephesians? God. Jeez, you No. <laughs>
2: rest played of righteousness song. oh
0: god i'm so um, offended as far, <laughs> as,
2: as far as everything else so on every single platform i am danger music and danger does not have an e in it
1: i can't believe uh, we so, talked about all your djing and i never dropped we never said your name yet that, uh, that feels like an oversight we'll make sure we say it in the intro <laughs> was
2: it raveler whiskey bench where i talked about the origin of danger
1: uh that was Ravel.
2: Cool. Yeah. So that's there. Go listen to Ravel.
0: His name is Kevin um, Noe.
1: Danger Music on everywhere. <laughs> Danger without the E.
0: Kevin yeah. Noe.
1: And then the Into podcast that you produce that's I N the number 2 podcast yeah. on Instagram and Twitter everywhere. Kevin, will you close us by reading our favorite quote?
2: I would love to. The only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well.
0: Thank you for joining us. You can follow the Hennings on Instagram and Twitter at Stephen G. Henning and at Dixie Lee Henning. Our theme music is composed and performed by Stephen and Dixie Henning and was recorded, mixed, and mastered by Austin Smith.
1: Our artwork is designed by Dixie Lee Henning. Find more of her work at DixieLeeDraws.com, at Dixie Lee Draws on both Instagram and TikTok, and at DrawsDixie on Twitter. Hey gang, Keller Paulson here.
2: I know what you're thinking. What's going on? Who is this guy? Am I right? Well, I'm the host of Keller's Couch. Now, Keller's Couch is an interview podcast where I, Keller Paulson, interview people I find interesting that are doing cool things in the community. But it's not just that. My friends at Slapstick Improv and myself, we also do some improv comedy and sketch comedy every other episode. So, if this tickles your fancy, why don't you scoot on down? Pop a squat on Keller's couch. Bye. Highline Media Network. Artist-owned podcasts by normal people
0: in normal places.